Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the Young Adult Ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoy this message and we look forward to seeing you soon. There we go. There we go. Fusion, what's going on? How you guys doing? I love the energy. I love it. I love it. So guys, uh, like Vance was saying earlier, change is good. Change is different. So you might have noticed that uh, things look a little different on stage. Vance isn't gracing us with his glorious beard and word. So my beard will have to suffice or lack thereof. Look, however you view it, that's your prerogative. Um, But no, like Vance was saying, over the past couple of weeks, We've been touching on a lot of different things from destiny to uh, insecurity. And I really love something that Vance said a couple weeks ago. He said, what do you feel like you have to be in to be secure? And that really hit home for me because as I thought about that, I realized the Lord revealed to me a lot of times whatever you find your security in defines you. Right? So if it's not Christ, what are you allowing to define you? And so, yeah, we're going to get real deep. And I'm so honored and so happy that I have these amazing individuals right next to me. And before we introduce them, can I just open us up with prayer? Can I do that? All right, sounds good. If you could bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. And I thank you for what you're doing tonight. We're expectant to see you move. Allow us to decrease so that you will increase. I thank you that there's not one person that's going to leave here differently than when they came in. Uh, We thank you for this word. Give us the ears to hear and the eyes to see what you want to reveal to us tonight. Jesus, let me pray. Amen. 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 So you guys might have noticed some new or maybe some uh, familiar faces next to me, but I'm going to go down here and I want you guys to introduce yourself and tell us what brought you to Fusion. Hello, okay. Hello, I'm Sarah Meyer and um, what brought me to Fusion was I actually got a job here back in November and so me and my husband moved down here from Asheville, North Carolina and so Woo! Um, we love it. I connected with Gabrielle right off the bat, and uh, we just became super close. So it's been cool to see um, the Lord just move in new ways here. Uh, so yeah, uh, my name's TJ Meyer. This is my wife. Um, so we moved down here. Uh, she got offered a job. We were praying and just really seeing what God had in store for us. Uh, so this right here is my sugar mama. She is coming in with the paycheck. And uh, man, so <laughs> did I go too far already? I'm about to get kicked off. I just started. <laughs> we're, we're live. TJ, we're live. We're okay. Gotcha. Anyways, so we found out about it through um, just by coming here and just learning more about the church. Uh, and they said, yo, we have uh, youth and young adults in the church back in North Carolina. We didn't have that. It was basically after high school, you go to Sunday service or you can help out and serve in high school and you're stuck there. So we found out about it and we were like, yo, like I've never experienced something like this. So I think it, I think it should be, see, uh, well, I don't know what just happened. I think it should be something that we go check out. So uh, that's how we found out. All right, yo, what's up? My name is Wande. 
And actually, that's a funny story of how I came to Fusion, actually. So I had just moved to Atlanta about a couple years ago, and one of my friends, she was rapping here, and they were having like a little festivity day, you know, it was fun. And so I was like, oh, I need something to do, so I came to support her to come rap or, and stuff like that. And then whenever I came, I was like, oh, wow, there's like so many young adults who like love Jesus, like this is crazy. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought that that was pretty wild because like you don't, this is like not normal. It might seem normal because you come to Fusion all the time, but like in other states this is not normal to see this many young adults like consistently coming to you know hear from Jesus so I thought that was really fire and then I checked out Victory and then I started coming very cool what's going on everybody uh my name is Cecil Pope um how did I come to Fusion that's the next question yes <laughs> I could tell you're gonna get real deep so just no lay it on us um a friend actually just invited me to Fusion, and then I came, just kind of like how one day said, I was like, dang, bro, it's a lot of people my age, for real about Jesus, and I'm with it. Because, you know, most of my old church, they kind of had like a, a young adult ministry that, you know, they went bowling. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? No dig, but yeah, this was different, so yeah, I got locked in. That's so good. That's so good. Let's give it up for him one more time. Something I love about all of your stories is that you were hungry for something and you found it in community. Uh, that's a buzzword. You're going to hear that a lot tonight. Community. Um, but I just love how that correlated between all of your stories. And so, hey, I got one more thing that I want you guys to answer in this get to know you portion of this panel because before you start opening your hearts and sharing your story, I feel like we just want to get to know you guys a little bit more. And so the best way to do that in this day and age is for you guys to share with us what is your current or ideal Instagram bio? <laughs> All right, I'll go first. because I have hey, the hey, before you go, I, we can check. We, we can fact check. So, you know, I don't want a holier than thou Psalms 316. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. It's John 316, but uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, so, As you can see, that's not part of mine. <laughs> um, so mine is like really nothing special at all. It's just a verse. I didn't even like put where the verse is from. It's just he must increase and I must decrease. And then just a YouTube link to a music video that I was in like two years ago and I didn't do anything. I was just like the hype man in the back and I never took it out. So that's all you'll find in my bio. <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll go. So mine is not for my gain, but for his glory. Uh, wifey to Anthony Jagger. Uh. Okay, okay. Um, and then um, ATL. That's where I am right now. So you know what it is. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a little bit of a surprise to TJ. There's going to be some conversations on the way home. All right, so mine, you know, I try to keep it concise. I'm an active Instagrammer, so it changes constantly. But currently, my bio is Pray, Slay, and the song's on replay. Okay. So, you know, yeah. Bars. Yes, bars. And then, you know, I have my little location, too. I put, like, ATX to ATL because I'll be going back and forth. But, you know, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, it took me a minute because, yeah. 
this was a tough question for me because I'm, I'm a scroller. So I just, be, I just be looking, but I don't actively be on social media. Okay, so what's your ideal? Like, if you could I'm, create one. Nah, I'll just tell you mine. Okay. I, I asked before I went and looked. Uh, it's, it's uh, I'm trying to remember. We have an identity crisis. <laughs> uh, my Instagram, uh, it says, chosen because of potential. I mean, called because of potential, chosen because of passion. You can't just say that and not explain. Could you please break that down for us? I'm called. <laughs> I thought it was dope. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just real simple. Like, I think it really identifies with my life that, man, just God's called me because of, like, potential. But, he's, but the things that I'm passionate about is, like, really why he's chosen me to do what he's called me to do. So that's... That's my job. That's good. That's good. You know what? After this panel session, I'm gonna have to go back and redo mine because I don't have. I don't have to answer that. I'm the, I'm the host. <laughs> the people want to know. I don't actually have one, so uh, that's my homework to do after after the service. But moving on. No, thank you guys for sharing that. That gave us a uh, picture into who you are a little bit because we are a social media generation, and I feel like. That shows us what you're interested to, what you're passionate about. And so Vance over the past couple of weeks have been touching on this idea that sometimes it can be a little dangerous on anchoring to something that may not necessarily be stable, right? So finding your security in, in something that's outside of Christ. And we had a lot of examples, especially last week, where we were talking about relationships or maybe your job. And I'm sure we can come up with numerous examples in this room where we tend to anchor to something. And I'm pretty sure last year, 2020, man, showed us that some things ain't stable. Yeah. Right? Yep. Can I get an amen? amen. Yep. Right? So your identity can't be rooted in how much you take home, who you're sitting next to, or even the, the Instagram bio that you may have to seasonally change. And so the question that I really want to ask you guys is, can you share with us a moment where you anchored onto something that wasn't stable and secure outside of Christ. Mm. <laughs> okay, hold on. All right, you know, I'll, you know, I'll start it off or whatever. Okay. All right, um, so I think one great example is, you know, this quarantine season, right? Nobody saw it coming. It was, it was very, you know, out of the air. Um, but... For me, so I'm a hip-hop artist, and so that's my career of life. And so starting off this year, I was like, we had all these plans in January. In January, we're like, oh, bet we're going to like plan out the tours. We're going to have the album drop, all that stuff. And, you know, we had shows lined up. We had the bookings and everything. And so we're like, oh, it's, it's great. But then Corona came, and it was like, oh, this is not a thing anymore. And so um, I think for me, uh, God showed me a lot of, like, anchoring myself to him as my source of provision versus my job as my source of provision. And I really had to really cling to that because if I didn't, I could have gone insane because basically your whole source of income that you had lined up for how you were going to pay for your rent, how you were going to pay for your livelihood, it was just suddenly vanished and suddenly taken away and suddenly like, oh, you know, tours may not come back till 2022, you know? And so I think for me, like, God really taught me like, hey, it's not, it's not people who are paying you. It's not, you know, your talent that's 
securing your bookings and your, your life, but it's me. And so he sustained me. So shout out to God. You know, my rent's been paid, you know. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Shout out to bills being paid. Uh, I think I think that was really good because um, I think with the whole COVID thing, it just kind of put everything on pause. I know like work was one of them. And, you know, it was kind of right when I was getting ready to get married. The wedding is was in September. I got laid off in March. And so I like I, I anchored down at work because I was like weddings are not cheap. Nobody's going to give a love offering. So I was like, I just got to make this thing happen. And so I anchored it into work. And then I think another thing just for like me, myself personally was I started to anchor my identity and anchor my value into the approval of others. So I would go all out, even at like a young age when I played sports, I was like, my goal is to be number one on the baseball field, the football field, because I didn't want to upset my coach. I didn't want to let my teammates down and all this other stuff. So I started to find my value in people but I can't please everybody. I mean, nobody's a people pleaser. There's gonna be at least one person in your life that you're just not gonna be able to please. So whenever that's taken into consideration, you know, I went throughout my whole life just like trying to, you know, please people so I could feel valuable. Like, okay, this person thinks I did a good job in this. I feel valuable. That's my identity. I'm a hard worker. I'm a good baseball player. I'm a good this and I'm a good that. But then the moment somebody was like, hey, you could do better, that wasn't good. That's when I took it personal and I was like, I'm not good enough. I'm not valuable to this person anymore. And so that was like a big struggle for me throughout life. Um, I guess, yeah, go ahead, that's good, okay. <laughs> um, for me, I think, um, going back to the COVID season, I don't, I don't wanna just space it in that, but um, just in relationships, that if I have to put my value and my trust in all these different things in just one person, like say TJ, since he's my husband, like he, that puts insecurity in me because he's a human, he's gonna fail. And then also it might make him insecure because I'm trying to do all these different things and have these expectations set on him that he wasn't supposed to meet in the first place. And so I think when you go back and you're just like, okay, Lord, like this one relationship, me and you, if that's good, then this can be good. And so I can't continue to put everything on him because that's going to set him up for failure, which we're supposed to build each other up. And so that just doesn't lead back to Christ. So I think it's just reminding myself, like, even on a daily basis, if it's something that I deal with daily or just even like when it comes and goes, like, I can't put everything in him. Like, I have to put everything in him so then things can just flow out of us and then we can work together as a team. Before, I'm going to let the rest of you guys answer, but before we move on, I just want to touch on that really quick. I don't want to move away from that really quickly because I want to make sure you guys hear that. The key word or the takeaway that I want you guys to leave with is this word of expectations. I think expectations is something that we went in, especially last year with, that was completely shaken, right? 2020, 2020 vision, right? I, look, I saw all the posts. I saw the hashtag. I may not have a bio, but I see what's going on. And sometimes I wonder, and I, this is really just a, a, a sub-question for you guys, is how do we navigate when our expectations fail? What, what do we do in those moments where we feel like, Lord, I, I, I thought I had it planned out, and it's, it felt like a good thing, but 
I didn't feel you in it. What, did, what does that look like for you guys? Ooh, I think a big thing with that is we set our expectations off of things that we want and it's not what God wants. And so then we try to drag God into what we want and it's not, her, like, not his plan for us. So we're just like, yo, God, I love this person. I think they're great for me. They have Ephesians 4.13 in their bio. I think they're the one. They love God. But it's just like, God ultimately knows that that's not gonna lead into anything. It's actually super toxic for you. But the thing is, is we just get so set on that expectation of like, this is my wife, this is my husband, we're supposed to be together. And we start to bring God into our own personal desires, into our own personal wants. And we haven't really taken taken into consideration that that's maybe not his will. And so we just try to, Bring him into what we want. We don't really seek him first for it. It's like making sure that our wants and our desires align with his first. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I just want to piggyback on that one. Um, I think like when 2020 started out, like I had just moved back to Atlanta and I was opening up an office over by Gwinnett Place and they had like a, you know, one of those workspaces and it was dope because it was like, on like the 12th floor and it had, you know, a little, nice little view. And I was like, oh, it's gonna be lit. <laughs> then, <laughs> right, yeah, I was, I was in, my, in my mind, I was like, man, God's really lining this thing up. And then when, you know, COVID and everything hit, the company had dropped down to, we were, we were like doing 90% less business than what we were doing the, the previous year. And so it was just no way to pay rent and keep the, you know, and pay, you know, have some money for myself. So I was like, dang, God, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, and I think that's what happens a lot of time is we kind of get in our, in our head like, yo, what I'm doing isn't a bad thing. Mm. You know, what I, what I had in plan, my plan wasn't a bad thing. What I'm expecting, those, what, I guess it's what I've, I had expectations of the year that were good expectations, but then when things changed, I realized that I had just put everything, I had put God aside and made a whole plan. You know what I mean? The same is true, I'm the only child. So my mom is like, yo, when you gonna have kids? Because I would like for the, you know, to have grandkids. And I'm like, dang bro, you putting a lot of expectations on me. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta chill. (laughs) But in reality, I, I, you know, I had a crazy, ex, you know, those expectations that I think were external started to change how I was engaging with God. Mm. If that makes sense. You know, like yeah. I was, I had external expectations that really just had me not focusing on what God had planned, but what the expectations that other people was putting on me. Like, yo, I got to make that happen. And then, nah, it's not the move. Yeah. <laughs> I think one thing that comes to mind is that saying where it's like, not every good thing is a God thing. And so it's like having to discern like, is this God or is this just good because I think it's good, not because I think it's God, so. I like that, making sure that we're not putting the God label to push forward our own desires and plans just because they're good. And to really not allow our, to put our our faith in our own expectations, but be be expectant that his will will be done in our lives. That's good, that's good. So thinking about that, about expectations, I want to hover around there just for a little bit longer. 
I find myself saying this phrase every now and then um, of I'll walk with who God's called me to be when dot, dot, dot. Or I'll step into who God's called me to be if, and you can fill in the blank. Maybe it's I'll step in who God's called me to be when I get that job or I don't have these, this, this education to worry about or I don't have this debt to hold me down. I didn't know that God could be put into a box that says, oh, my power can only exceed past this income or this job title or this status in society. And so really the question I have for you guys is, can you share with us a scenario in which you've said that where, hey, God, I know where you're leading me. I know where you've called me to. But. Uh, I guess I'll go. So I think for me, it's like. Um, God, I'll, I'll be who you want me to be when I get what I want. And so I think that just goes back to um, not all my wants and needs are God's wants and needs for me. And just because it's a good thing and a God thing, it might be not be a good thing and a God thing at this time. And so just because, oh, hey, you got a good job or, hey, this or that, like, if it's my wants, like, am I going to know that it's the Father, even though it's not what I want? And am I going to submit to that process of saying, hey, God, I know that I don't want this right now, but if this is what is the best for me in this season, in this time, then your timing's always good. So I just had to trust that. Uh, I think one thing was for me was this idea of I'll, I'll do this when I blank, blank, blank. I think one thing for me was like, I'll walk into what God has for me when I've dealt with my issues, when I've dealt with this thing, or I've reached this goal first. And a lot of times, I feel like a lot of us, we can get in that mindset of, well, God, I'll do what you've called me to do when I reach this level of popularity, or I get this amount in my bank account, or when I get to this point in my life, like when I'm married, I'll do this. When I have kids, I'll do this. When I'm 21, I'll do this. And, you know, it's like these expectations that we put on ourselves and we put ourselves in a box. We may not know it, but, you know, we are limiting ourselves because we think that when we get to a certain point, that's where we can go. But then fast forward, when you've got to that point, you're just going to set up another, you're going to make the box smaller. God, when I'm 21, I'm going to go and do what you've called me to do. You get to 21 and then you're like, ooh, I'm not where I thought I was going to be at. God, when I'm 23, I'm going to go into what you've called me to do. And we can do all these different things and we just continually box ourselves in. Or maybe for me, there was stuff that I was dealing with, whether it was intentional or unintentional. I was like, God, I got too much stuff going on. I got too many things in my closet that I haven't dealt with. And so when I deal with that first, then I'll be able to walk in what you've called me to do. But that's not how God works. Yeah. You know, he calls the people that are unqualified. You know, I think of like, maybe like Moses. Moses was like, God called him like, yo, lead my people out of Egypt. Moses was like, I can't talk well. He's like, okay, bet. I'm gonna send Aaron to go with you and he's gonna speak for you. And I bet Moses was like, oh. <laughs> bro, I'm just trying to lead these sheep. Like, I'm not trying to lead these people. <laughs> And, but it's like these things that we make up of just like, God, I'll do this when I get to this point. Or God, I can't do this because I have this issue. I have this problem. But 
as you start to walk in what God's called you, you'll start to notice that those things that you're dealing with, those things that you're struggling with that holds you back, they start to kind of shake off of you. And next thing you know, you've been walking in the calling that he's had you. And then you look back and you're like, wow, I didn't even realize that had came off of me. So that was one of them. I, I, love, I love what you just said. And I really love that you referenced Moses, mainly because I, I, I love Moses for a couple reasons. The main reason is Moses was a Hebrew raised by Egyptians, right? And so Moses from a young age didn't fit. Too often we're trying to fit in. When there's an identity where God has specifically ingrained in your DNA to be set apart, but you're trying to force the issue and fit in. And until you realize that everything that you're trying to fit in, in comes second into what God has for you, it'll never work out. It took being placed into a wilderness to finally get that. So what does your wilderness look like for you right now? And are you in a place where you can finally realize, okay, God, I hear where you're trying to lead me to. I'm good. You're good. <laughs> no, but um, so going off of that, I really like to really just dig deeper. And if you guys can share with us, what did God tell, who did God say you were, right? At, at a basic level, because there's a lot of people that are saying, okay, you're saying that I don't need to be focused on X, Y, and Z. But what do I need to anchor to? What are some truths that I need to be reminding myself of what are those things that God whispered to you and confirmed and affirmed your, his identity in you that just tr- transcended where you were going from, from just focused on success and your job and your career to really a purpose-filled life? I think a big thing that helped me was... I had put so many labels on myself, whether that was something I just thought of myself or what people have told me and I just kind of took it as my identity. And so for a really long time, I took the labels of just like fatherless child. Like I didn't really have a dad growing up. So it was just like, you know, fatherless kid and you know, I, I was homeschooled from like pre-K to high school. So then I was like, all right, cool. I'm just the awkward homeschool kid who's antisocial and just that is my identity. And so I started to take on all these things. And it wasn't until like I started spending more time with God. Um, I wish I had like verses that I could just spew out and just like this one is what saved me and changed my life around. But, you know, there's different verses in different seasons but the biggest thing was, is I just needed to hear God's voice. And I thought it was going to be like this big, deep, audible voice. And it's just like, TJ, my good and faithful servant whom I loved. <laughs> and it's just like, I, that's what I was looking for. Cause that's what I thought it was going to be. But it's just like, I realized I heard his voice through his scriptures and through prayer and through worship. And that's where I found my identity. And so, you know, I had to like, think about you know, that and just have this whole idea of just like, you know, I'm a son. I don't really have to do anything else except be a son. I don't have to be the best servant. I don't have to be the best volunteer. I don't have to be the best speaker. I don't have to be any of these things, 
but I just have to focus on being what he's called me to be, and that's a son. Because I'm a son first before I'm anything else. And so, yeah, I just had to realize that all the labels that I had attached to myself, God had to replace it with something different. And I only found that through spending time with him. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I think for me, um, one thing God showed me is just like he'll always take care of you. So um, if you look at Matthew chapter six, it talks about like there's birds in the air and like they're flying around. They got their food and like God, he takes care of them. Are you not more valuable than a bird? And um, I think also like there's other verses like in Romans where it talks about how nothing can separate you from the love of God. And so I think those verses for me were able to sustain me in just realizing that, you know, God, he's just always going to care for me no matter like what I'm going through, no matter what trials I'm going through. And by knowing that he's always has like my best interest at heart, I think it was able to sustain me through like just the various seasons I went through in life. Like I look at my life. Right. And so currently with my rap career, it wasn't initially like this. It wasn't initially popping. And so there were seasons where like I like was basically playing the background situation. And um, I I think for that, for me, what was able to sustain me was just knowing, like, you know, no matter what, like, even if people think I'm insignificant, people think, like, I'm invisible, like, it's fine, because God sees that I'm visible, and God sees that, you know, I'm valuable, and I relate a lot to, like, um, people like Joseph, like, Joseph, God gave him a vision at the beginning, and he was like, oh, you're gonna be doing all this, Joseph was like, oh my gosh, guys, look, look what God told me, but then, he didn't realize that, like, oh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen immediately. It's gonna be, a, it's gonna be a long time before it comes to pass. And, um, but one thing that was cool, like, is that Joseph, like, even, even though he had a lot of things happen to him in the midst of being faithful, he was able to just remember, like, okay, God is for me. So it was able to sustain him until he eventually got to where he needed to be. And so, yeah. I like where you were going with Joseph because it paints a picture for us that says it's a journey, right? It's not perfection, it's progress, right? It's not, okay, I've received who you said I am. There's going to be an absence of storms for the remainder of my life. And so how has it looked like for you guys to continually rely on who God says you are in the midst of crisis? And so I want you guys to really just share with us potentially what a crisis scenario has looked like for you and what you did to really anchor onto who God said you were? Um, I think for me is when I'm going through any kind of storm or like I feel like the Lord's just so silent and I just can't hear him is like, I have to check myself. How distracted am I in? Like, am I? Like, am I being a Martha? Am I being a Mary? Am I gonna continue to stay busy and do all these different things? Or am I gonna take that time and put him first and have my secret place with him. And I think in those times where I feel like, oh my gosh, the Lord's not speaking, like my life's gonna end, like I'm going, you know, like I'll have all these thoughts that's coming to my mind and I just have to say, hey, you know what, Lord? Like you've never failed me. And I have to go back to those times and those promises that he's spoken over me that are in the word and just like, okay, I need to have the mind of Christ in this season, in this time, in this storm, because that's what's gonna hold me down. Like if I am putting my trust and my things in other people or my job or what's going on around me, it's not gonna sustain me. And so if, if we just keep, continue to go back to those times where like, Lord, you've never failed me, then we have to continue to just, hey, you know what, Lord, you're gonna pull through this time because you pulled through last time as well. 
Um, I'd say I've probably been through a lot of different things that I think were like traumatic situations. But I think one of the one of the main things, Pastor Vance had, he touched on it, uh, I think it was last Tuesday, when he talked about Psalms 23 and walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Um, I think what's helped me progress through tough situations that have attacked my identity is not so much as, you know, some type of video or YouTube or something that built me up, but it was really a, a better understanding of who God is. I think, I think just like you touched on Moses, I think just like Moses, you could be out there tending the sheep, but then when he gets introduced to who God is, all of a sudden it gives him strength to do something that he, at, at that point, he, you know, he's going back to a place that he was, that he was supposed to, that he was like pushed out of, you know, just because of things got crazy when he got into the whole little fight situation. So, <laughs> like it's real, like, you know, because I think if I put myself in that situation, I'm like, man, I don't know how you walk back to Egypt. You know, I don't know how you go back to a place where you murdered somebody. And I think it's just understanding who God is. I think that's why God took the time to explain to him that I am that I am. And that was what sustained him in that, in that scenario, you know? Um, I think for me, what I would say sustained me through like my different trials was just knowing that like God has a greater plan for all of this in the end. And so I think for me, like if you look at Jesus, right? There was moments where Jesus was praying, like, God, if there's any other way, please tell me, so, because I don't want to do this. And so, like, and he was stressed. Like, people think, like, because Jesus is perfect, but he was stressed. He was very stressed out that, like, oh, my goodness, I'm about to get tortured and I have to die on this cross. And, like, this is a very painful experience. And um, I think, like, if you look at Jesus, like, he's our savior. He's our, our model. Like, knowing, like, even him in perfection, like, was going through trials to where it was like, I don't, like, God, like, please help me. I need, I need something else. But what sustained him was knowing, like, God, not my will, but your will be done. And just knowing that, like, okay, God has a greater plan for all of this, and he's working it all out. So even with whatever I'm going through, even though it's inconvenient for me, at least I know that this is a part of a grand scheme that's going to bring a greater glory in the end. And so I would say that's what sustains me. I think one thing that really helped me in like moments of like crisis and things I didn't understand um, was trust and obedience. Mm. Two things I didn't like to do was trust and obedience. I think the most recent thing would like all, all happen within like kind of a year to two years. So back up all the way to the summer and, you know, I have like, trying to get married on my mind. And so like, I'm getting ready to finish up with college. Like the summer's getting ready to come up. So I was like, yo, I gotta go back home. I gotta go, you know, get ready to provide for my future wife and all this other stuff. And I remember like, I'm sitting at a table, we're in a meeting and you know, at, at, our, at our college in Atlanta, uh, sometimes they travel all over the summer for like eight weeks. And I was like, God, I'm not about to do that. I got other stuff that's got to be done. I'm trying to get married. Like, I'm not trying to stay here over the summer and do all this other stuff. And I remember, like, sitting at the table during the meeting, like, yo, if you want to do it, you got to, like, really commit. You got to sign a contract. And I was like, that's, that's a little too much. And I remember sitting there, and God was like, I want you to go. And I was like, devil stand behind me. God, I know that's not you, 
because you said that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And so if we're not getting married, like I'm not getting the good thing. So, but I was like, this is where it came down to like trust and obedience. So I wrote, filled out the contract, threw it across the table, slid it across like with attitude. I was like, you know what, God, mm, fine, I'm gonna do it. But if I don't get married when I want to, that's on you and we're gonna have a problem. So I had this bad attitude, but because of my trust and because of my obedience, I saw God's faithfulness and I saw him move. People gave money towards the wedding that I didn't think they would give in like amounts that I was just like, what in the world? Uh, it just it happened to be my grandma was selling her house and she was like, yo, anything you want in the house, you get first dibs. All you got to do is come down to the house, pick it up and bring it down. So we basically had enough stuff to move to like a full house. So like we had like a full house set. And so it's the small things like, you don't, you may not see it and you may not understand it at first, but it's like God's working behind the scenes. Yeah. I like try to put myself in the disciples feet. Like, could you imagine being with Jesus, always speaking in parables and you just have to trust what he's saying? Like, like I think of like being Peter and I'm like out on the boat and like, I'm not catching fish all day. And like fishing is what I do. Like, that's my job. And Jesus comes along and he's like, yo, what, like, y'all catch anything? He's like, no, we've been out here all day. Cool. Throw the net on the other side of the boat. <laughs> I thrown it to the side, the back, the front. Like, what do you mean, Jesus? Like, I don't need you to tell me what I've been doing for years. But it's just like, are you going to trust him when he calls you to do something that's either unexpected? Are you going to trust him that he knows what he's doing, even if, if it's something that you're uncomfortable with? if it's something that you don't like. So like in moments of like a crisis and things I didn't like, it was just trusting in him and trusting that he sees more of the picture than I do. And that I just have to believe that he knows what he's doing. Come on, come on. TJ, uh, there's a lot of things that you said that was just amazing, but there's something that's kind of universal that that kind of um, relates to each one of your stories. And there's this realization that you're a son and daughter first and everything else stems from that. And you touched on that earlier. And the thing that I love about that is when you finally realize who God has called you to be, you won't try to be anyone else. You'll, you'll look at You'll look at uh, uh, positions of influence. You'll look at, at, at other things that the world may tell you to do. You'll look at a way that they'll tell you to perform or a way that they'll tell you to carry your business, your, your, your singing, your rapping career, your, how, how you work, how you, how you love your wife. They'll tell you all these different things, but because you have that relationship with God, you know who he is first. They'll fail in comparison to where he's taking you. Yeah, that's good. And you won't be wavered because you know that you're, you're getting it from the source. Yeah. And the, the example I love of that is uh, when you know not just who you are, but whose you are, yep. you get free access. Yeah. Right? You're not just a guest in the house. You, you go in the house. You, you open the fridge. You're right. You're not tiptoeing. You're, you're just you're, you're getting everything. You're drinking from the carton. There's somebody in here that just needs to start drinking from the carton, man. You know what I mean? There's, there's people in here that still tiptoe around Jesus and still say, God, I need you. I know your word says that you're this and you're that and you're a healer, you're a redeemer, you're my savior. But God's like, I designed you for a specific reason. When are you going to be who I've called you to be? 
And so I love how all of your stories kind of uh, wrapped around that, 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 the idea there of being a son and daughter first. Any final ideas um, or, or just things that you want to leave us with for anybody that walked here and said, you know what, that might be cool for you, but I've been doing this for a while and I, I feel like I'm not hearing anything. I think um, one thing that I had to focus on was nobody can be who the Lord created you to be. So nobody can fill the position that you are going to fill or that you are filling now. So just be confident that the Lord has you in this place, in this season for a reason, just because like, hey, nobody can fill what you're supposed to do. Like just commit to him, submit the process and just continue to be like, hey, you know what? You can do all these different things. Oh, he's a rapper. Oh, she's this or she's whatever. All these big roles in life. Just focus on what you are supposed to be in this time. Like, don't compare. You know, comparison steals joy. And that's what you're supposed to do is, like, live in the presence of the Father. And after you do that, everything will come behind it. Don't, don't. I think... I think just to piggyback off of that, too, just remembering, like, we're the body of Christ. So, like, if you're an eye, don't try to be a nose, you know, because, like, we, we need you to, like, fulfill your each individual functions. because if your foot try to be your head, like, you're going to have problems. You're going to go to the hospital, like, and so just remembering, <laughs> but just remembering, like, God created each individual thing for a purpose and, like, just, it just gets deeper, like, in our anatomy, like, there's cells you can't even see. And so cells might feel insignificant, but if your cells, like, aren't working properly, like, it's a big problem. It's a big issue. And so no matter how small or microscopic you may feel, like even the most microscopic things are actually the most vital to the body. And so just remembering that. I think so um, I, was, um, I was watching a, a video today, and the video was talking about Gideon being uh, in a wine press, uh, threshing wheat and so I was watching the video and I was like what is threshing like what does that really look like threshing wheat and it was like breaking the wheat to get to these little seeds and it says that Gideon was doing that in a wine press which was a crazy scenario like when you really look at it like it was just a wild situation and it says that the angel of the Lord tells Gideon that he's a warrior and it just really spoke to me and hopefully it speaks to somebody that despite your situation or despite how crazy things look, God's still calling you a warrior and that's still your portion. And that's what I think that's what one of the one of the biggest things that's really helped me in life to this point is that despite the situation, despite the circumstances, despite how crazy it looks, despite the fact that I feel I really be feeling inadequate, like, nah, not me. Like, I'm not the dude for all of that. God's really saying, I don't need you to be the dude. I need you to be who I called you to be. And that I'll take care of. That's the part that I think I'm really starting to get. I was studying, um, I was also studying um, Jesus' first miracle of the water to wine. I was like, yeah, that's crazy, water to wine, moving on. 
But then when I went back, no, I'm serious. Like, I'm just keeping it real. Like, when I, went, when I went back and I was like, dang, Jesus turns water into wine, and he does it in a way that it's just this abundance of wine, even after the wedding is done. And I'm like, dang, that's the God that I serve, that he's really going to supply way more than what's necessary. So I think that's what's really been pushing me in this place. That's so good. That's so good. Are you guys enjoying this? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Well, I just wanted to say it's been just an honor and a privilege to just share this stage with you guys, to hear your stories, to hear what God's speaking through you. And like they were alluding to earlier, guys, it's not their status that put them here. It's not their accolades or things like that. It's really just acknowledging everything that God had already promised to them. Acknowledging that it was time to stop living by circumstance and start living by principle. Because those things don't change. Circumstances change. They, change. they change by year. They change by season. Circumstances changed this morning when I woke up and it was 18 degrees. Come on, somebody. Was I taking the dog out to walk? No. (laughs) But all that to say, there's somebody in here that needs to know that your perception of who God is in your life may need a shift. Too many of us walk around here thinking that God is master. But how often have you realized that he's father? It's not master servant, it's father, son, father, daughter. That gives you access to everything that they were talking about, that you're loved, that you're secure, that you're made whole, that you're anchored. Those are the things that you have access to in the fridge. When I say drink from the gallon, those are the things. You don't find affirmation in things that can change and things that can shift, but the same God who was there yesterday and today and forever he has a promise for you that's been there even before you were created. And so what I want to leave with you is, it's not whether or not you know that you're loved or that you're made whole, but do you have the ability to receive what's already been given to you? Can you receive that? Can you walk out of here differently than when you came? Maybe your job says you weren't Adequate. Maybe you didn't get the job because the interview said you weren't adequate. Maybe the relationship failed and you thought you weren't adequate because the relationship didn't go all the way through. But God is there. He's a, he says you're still a son, you're still a daughter. And so how do we walk that out, right? And I think about the challenge that Vance laid out for us as a foundation to this year. And it's something that they alluded to in each of their stories, Committing to reading his word, right? You, you think about how can I get to know the father, not the master, but the father. How can I know his heart? He laid it out in his word. You're not going to get it once a week on a Tuesday night. You need to spend time with him. You need to get to know him. You need to be seated at his throne. And that's by opening up his book. So commitment to his word, commitment to community. There's not one person here that didn't walk beside somebody. 
whether it was in a small group, whether it was in the midst of a, of a, of a, of a community like this where maybe you, maybe you need to find somebody tonight and share with them what God's been putting on your heart before you get in your car and leave. And lastly, it's a commitment to consistency. I, look, I know there's somebody in here that says, look, I tried that. I, I cracked open the Bible. I, I, I joined the small group. I, look, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Your father stays committed and consistent to you, and it's only right that you can stay consistent to your father. So consistency is key, everybody. And so that's what I wanted to leave you guys with. Um, and it, can we just, one more time, just give it up for our, our panelists. And, uh, man, it's been so good. And, and, and I would like to just, uh, I'd just like to just pray. And just close this out, if that's okay. Father, we just, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this moment because even now, as, as people are, as young people are sitting in this room, they're starting to hear your voice. They're starting to hear, no, daughter, that's, that's not the way. I have the way for you. They're starting to hear, no, son. I can give you the strength that you need. I thank you that you're putting a longing in them to not just leave here and to go about life the same way that they were doing before, but to do it with you. Not to go to church for the sake of religion, but to go to church and to be in a community and to, and to align with a body with you, with relationship. And so I thank you for the changes that are taking place right now. I thank you for the hearts that are being moved, for the desires that are beginning to align with your desires, with your passions. Lord, if it's not you, we don't want anything. We don't want, we don't want anything else if, if you're not in it. Yeah. If you're not in it, we don't want it. And so, God, we thank you that social media can't tell us who we are. We thank you that that relationship that, that didn't go as expected or that job, or maybe the way that that person hurt us, whether it was a family or a friend, we thank you that everything in our life stems from who you say we are and whose we are. So walk in that. Son, daughter, walk in that. Receive it. Know that you're loved. Know that the shackles of, of shame and sin bind you no longer. We say all these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. Man, it was so awesome just kicking it with you guys. Didn't this feel like a, like a big old small group? You know, for some of you that didn't answer, that means you ain't in community. No, but thank you for kicking it with us, guys. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Fusion ATL. And really just don't walk out of here tonight and just let the night pass and the day pass without really going to God and asking, who do you say I am? In Jesus' name. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit FusionATL.org. You can get plugged into a small group there and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. 
Once again, thanks for listening and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.